Welcome to the Good Talent Podcast. Wonderful to have your company. Here at Good Talent, we're a team of ex-journalists and we help organisations get their messages across. Joined with a co-host today, John Sullivan, Good Talent's resident Welshman. John, welcome along. Really important topic today, saying sorry. When, if ever, do you say sorry in a media crisis? And I think this is quite contentious because we get in in the middle of big scandals and the like. So do the lawyers. Yeah. And I guess our clients are listening to us. We're trying to protect their reputation. They're listening to the lawyers often saying, don't say anything. Yeah. And in the middle there, you as a leader of your industry or your organization have to make the decisions. When to say sorry, huge topic. I don't think we'll actually get through it in, in eight minutes. No. But, but, but what do you reflect on? Sorry seems to be the hardest word as the old song goes, you know. I mean, people do find it hard to say sorry sometimes just in the normal course of their life. You know, no one likes to admit that they might be wrong or they, they don't know enough about something. Some of the situations that you know we'll be talking about today, Tony, I guess if you don't say sorry, you don't even look like you're a real person or you've got any empathy. You know, you I understand that there's a there's a hard border there about liability and admission and culpability and so on. But I think there is a line to be walked there about how do you come across, you know. Often we might be talking about situations where there's a loss of life or a serious injury. And if there's not a sense of empathy and care and and the word sorry, then you really get a disconnect from the messages that are coming. The the vacuum's the problem. So I I think the lawyers get in, one, or organisational leaders and their boards are just terrified. And when you look at both through both those prisms, organisations usually say nothing. So they're not saying sorry, they're not saying anything. They think that's the safest thing to do. They, we call it the head in the sand approach. Yeah. It's the most commonly followed crisis media management <laughs> technique. And I think, erroneously, people think the less I say, the less the press can say. The less I say, the faster this will go away. Mm-hmm. The problem is whoever's writing the story is controlling the story. And when you're saying nothing, you're allowing your ex-staff members to write the story, people at the scene to write the story. Journalists uh, to write the story, and if you're not involved, that's your reputation potentially in tatters. What techniques do you recommend, Tony, in this situation? What are the key things to keep front of mind if you're in this situation and you're asking yourself the question, should I or my organisation be saying sorry right now? Yeah, well, we talk about being proactive, honest, and clear, uh, not being in a crisis alone, so partnering with, with, with other partners, industry groups, and the like, so you're part of a group looking after this situation. But ultimately, showing that you're working really hard to care for victims, families and friends right now. That's so important. So who's getting it right? Who's getting it wrong? I think the Adelaide Crows got it right some time ago. Tex Walker in the middle of a racism scandal and they come out really quickly with a sorry because it's unacceptable, but they wrap their arms right around the community that they offended, the person that they offended, stood Tex down straight away. So instead of there being a big vacuum where everyone can attack the club and attack leadership, attack culture, they wrote their story to control the story. The media are just reporting what they're doing now. Yeah. And and it's all about trying to rebuild relationships and, and repair things. I thought that was a good example of getting it right. What I like about that example is you can see clear steps were taken to address the fundamental issue and indiscretion at the heart of that. So I think that's the key, isn't it? Taking proper action with substance and then talking about it because I, I suppose some people think too much about talking about it but not actually doing anything to address the issue. Well, the cross media calls, it, it, it's funny, they're always late on a Friday. They're always someone deep in something because the media's crawling all over them, so it's way too late. They've always known about this issue for a long time, they had their head in the sand. Yeah. And they're always saying to me, Tony, what do I say? But we're always, I always retort, well, what are you doing? 
Because mm. if you aren't doing great things, it's really difficult to create a narrative to support you. So you're right, John, it's the doing. So in the Tex Walker example, very fast mea culpa, filled the vacuum with all of their actions. You know what, the story goes away. But when, when you don't have that, you're, you're allowing all sorts of scuttlebutt to become the story. I don't think Tex would be playing right now unless they played the story that the way they did. Now you could say that it was textbook and you know they were playing the media cycle and I would agree. But but the result was protecting their reputation. Have you had any examples recently where you felt it wasn't played so well or handled so well in that setting? Yeah, well, look, I mean, a lot of the examples that we, we can't talk about no. with, with confidentiality, but uh, I think most of the examples that we see go poorly is when people have been sitting on something for a long time and they have knowingly been doing the wrong thing. Yeah. But so it's always a lack of leadership. That's the problem. So yeah. crisis media situations are a prism into your leadership. If you're a poor leader, like you, no one can help you. I can't help you. No. Uh, one of the classics I recall, I was in a meeting being briefed on a situation. They knew they were breaking a whole stack of laws, and but and if, but if it got out, they were in a lot of trouble. But whilst breaking a whole lot of stack of laws and not complying with what they had to comply with, they were making tons of money. Yeah. And but I said, guys, this could be the last dollars you make. Yeah. Like it's nice to make money, right? Yes. But. But it's not, it can't go on forever if you're not, not playing by the rules. No, because when that comes to public scrutiny, it just seems so immoral, doesn't it? And it's almost an indefensible position. In terms of crisis, Tony, obviously the spectrum is huge. But what advice, what general tips can you offer organisations or individuals when, when they might be in this space that they might not ordinarily think of? Yeah, I think you've got to get prepared. So right now, as an industry leader, a company owner, you know you're sitting on problems. You know there's been sexual assault allegations. You know staff aren't happy with you. You know ex-clients aren't happy with you. They're the things across your desk all the time. So I think right now you can actually put a crisis media plan together. So it's as simple as right right now as you're listening, please back of the envelope, get your note, notepad. Just list everything that you're sitting on that you're worried about. So you are worried about a stack of things. You are sitting on a lot of problems. Okay, now you've got all that listed. Just decide to yourself, uh, would, should I get this stuff out proactively and actually control the whole narrative now and get this out of the way? Or, real, or, or would you and your board only deal with this if a journal came knocking? So a lot, in that big list of problems you've got in front of you now, just put a P and an R next to the different points. It might be all R. Oh, I'll only ever deal with this if a journal comes knocking. Yeah. That's fine. But if there's one P in there, let's say, you, now, now's the time to start getting some statements ready to go. So in these statements, make it all of three paragraphs or, or two paragraphs. Well, let's go with three paragraphs. The first paragraph is just explain to an audience how you've been caring for everyone who's been suffering because of this situation. Yeah. What have you been doing? Yeah. Now that's gonna be a really nice paragraph. Then second paragraph, just write out the other industry groups and peak bodies and authorities and investigators that you've been working with to care for these people through this big problem. And then lastly, just make note of who you've been updating and who you've been communicating with through this problem. Now you're in a great position. Yes. So if you're, when the journal comes knocking, and I'm, I'm hate to tell you they will, yeah. because if you know about the problem and a couple staff members know about it, and then you've got the people with the problem who are telling people, journals are gonna come knocking. Mm. Now you've got the three, nice three paragraphs that you say, oh, it's Sam, you know, Sam from the age, okay. Yeah, this has been an issue for a while. Here's a statement. You got it ready. So I think that's the fastest way to, to get yourself ready. And you know what? You can start sleeping at night. There's there's no peace in just waiting for 
a journal to come knocking. You're better off having a statement ready to go. When they do, it's going to make you look good. Yeah, I can understand that will bring you some calm and sort of maybe security, you know, by taking some positive actions in advance of that situation. Mm. Just flipping the question on its head, uh, Tony, for, for to be the devil's advocate, as it were. Um, you know, is there a time perhaps when you shouldn't say sorry in a media crisis? Yeah, I don't think you can't. You, you want to avoid legal culpability. So I don't think you're saying sorry, but it's the empathy that you're expressing. You are sorry that people are suffering right now. You are, you, you are sorry that this community is going through what they're going through. But you're not saying sorry as in, we've done something wrong. I think that's the difference there. So people think, oh, there's a legal case on right now, we can't say anything because it's a legal case. Well, you can actually. You don't have to run a commentary on the legal case, but you can tell us how you're caring for everyone who's suffering right now. Let's just wrap up, John, uh, with the Tim Payne, uh, the, the Cricket Oz example, which is you know not that old. But I think Cricket Oz, unfortunately, is Eclipse Dreamworld. Yeah. It's eclipsed all these organisations that re- usually rule when it comes to poor crisis media management. Cricket Oz is just an endless font of bad stories. The Tim Payne one, the most recent. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, that, that, that seemed to be almost a, a strange situation. It was almost the, the, the chronology of events there. They were almost using that perhaps as, as, as a way to sort of try and sweep it under the carpet rather than taking such strong steps. And as we know, Cricket Australia went through a revolution in terms of it, it, its culture and the way that it held itself to account. And there was a fantastic documentary, you know, about how the team started to sort of address itself and, and move forward. But that, that seemed so at odds, Tony, with, with that. Put it, put it under the carpet. Put your head in the sand. Good crisis media management for cricket at Oz. There's no one talking publicly about the problem. But they knew about the problem. The journalists were onto them for a long time. They obviously knew about the, the allegations and, and the family involved there. And they, they were just happy to say nothing until the final day comes when there's an all-in press, press conference and their staff member gets absolutely destroyed for all, all the right reasons. Yeah. So cricket Oz do it all wrong, guys. So if you want to learn about crisis media management, watch how Cricket Oz do it. It's poor leadership, poor decisions, which you hide away from for some time until the media bring you out and show you for what you are. So I think if you flip that around, good leadership, care for everyone who's aggrieved and suffering, do the right thing. Stand, stand Tim Payne down yeah. if he's done the wrong thing. I, I mean, they, they advance him and make him captain for heaven's sake. I mean, they brought all these problems onto themselves. Especially when it was a time after, you know, obviously the, the infamous, um, you know, situation where, you know, Australian cricket was trying to look at itself and, 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 and make things right. And to a certain extent, they did that. But when you find out about this situation, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't ring true. So good crisis media management takes you out of it. It's not about you as a leader and your history and, the, and defending your decisions. With Cricket Oz, all these former board members defending their legacy and their decisions, it's like ego at 40 paces, right? Yeah. Everyone's defending what their history and how they've conducted themselves. No, that all dissolves away with good leadership. You're actually just focusing on who's aggrieved and how you can support them. And, and you're actually, from that point, trying to create a better industry so these things can't happen in the future. Yeah, exactly right. So there you go. Sounds simple from here, guys. <laughs> it always does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Thanks for listening.